sis. Welcome back to Black Girl SOS. Oh, new equipment. Who it is? Y'all work with me. <laughs> um, welcome back to Black Girl SOS. So as always, I'm bringing you a bad beauty. My dear, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Naima Lafond. I am an international hairstylist, international educator, and the artistic director for Amika. Now you think if I have a friend who's an international hairstylist, I could at least comb my hair for the occasion. <laughs> I'm working on being better, y'all, but quarantine got <laughs> quarantine is winning the battle and the war. Girl, I know. <laughs> so fun story on how I met Naima. Naima is my soror. We met freshman year in our dorm during a fire drill. Yeah. Because <laughs> someone burnt the popcorn. <laughs> and me and Sho, who y'all remember from the black table. We were roommates, and Naima and DJ were roommates, and they came out. You will meet DJ on a later episode. They were walking down the hallway, you know, following instructions. They happened to stop in front of our dorm room. We came out, and we were like, oh, you guys are cute. We should be friends. Like, literally <laughs> verbatim. <laughs> we're not shallow, though. <laughs> we, we remember you from down the block, down the hall, I'm like, those are the girls from down the hall. Y'all were always laughing and cracking up, having a good time. Nothing has changed. <laughs> Literally nothing has changed. We are exactly. totally consistent in that regard. <laughs> so, since I met you in college, and I know your transition, let's talk about what brought you to Buffalo and then how you pivoted from wasting all that Pell Grant money. <laughs> <laughs> well, what brought me to Buffalo, mainly I just wanted to get as far away from Brooklyn as possible. Like I, you know, growing up in Brooklyn, growing up in the hood, I was just like, I gotta go. Like, and I gotta go as far away as I can get while still getting that state money. <laughs> Yo, I, clearly we shared a mind because I was like, nah, the Bronx is fun, but I got Right. And I was like, and when I got there, then I decided I'll get there and figure out what it is that I want to study because I didn't know before I went. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I didn't know before I went. Um, and then I went to, it was like a, some kind of summer session. Was it orientation? Okay. I went to summer I was orientation. At the OP, so we had like that whole. Right. Yeah. We're there for a locked minute. Locked up in jail. Well, they were locked up. I, I broke out the first weekend. I was jealous. I was like, were y'all here all summer? Damn. They were, you know, I'm defiant, girl. <laughs> <laughs> so I came and I was like looking through the book and I was like, this sounds really serious. Biomedical pharmacology. It, sound, it sounds like a whole situation. It sounds like respect. <laughs> Sign me sounds up like for that. Indian parents are going to okay this. <laughs> yes. Like my Haitian mother will definitely put a stamp of approval on this. I'm biomedical pharmacology major. So that's what happened. <laughs> I remember when I met you and, and DJ and y'all were like, oh, where are these bio? I was like, what? <laughs> okay, sis, I guess. <laughs> Me and Cheryl were like, yeah, we probably saw that just girl. We right. <laughs> oh my God. That, what did I have? This class, um, and they had like a corpse at the head of the class, like a, a human body that was cut open, preserved freshman year. Freshman year. Preserve. It was called primate anatomy. No man. primate anatomy freshman year. We dissected huge monkeys, 
and like the instructor the professor was like yeah. dissecting the actual human body at the at the head of the class and i was like yeah, hey, I this is not my jam because <laughs> of because <laughs> no i did not sick. know that yeah i would have took it if i knew that oh my god that class was sick that's right up my alley I totally <laughs> Yeah, that was my favorite thing about seventh grade science. We got to dissect something. Really? Every- yes. I went vegan and for like a few months dog. after that. <laughs> oh, I loved it. But I was like, I ain't finna be doing this every day. Like, <laughs> 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 this is cute every other Friday. But it's like I was passing the classes, but I didn't enjoy it. Like, I was yeah. like, God, I'm going to that primate anatomy class. Like, none of it. The only class I enjoyed from like the whole, like all of the, the entire curriculum was sociology and which makes sense today because i'm always dealing with people but which is kind of on brand yeah (laughs) so i think you made a really interesting point and a brave one because most people that go to college don't abandon shit Mm. they they kind of stick it out especially (laughs) especially i mean listen if you're a west indian you're african yeah those kind of backgrounds, you kind of just stick it out because right. you kind of don't want no issues. Were your parents, what, what made you that damn brave? Well, you kind of helped me make that decision. Um, I internally felt that I well, well, was a- sassy. I probably said some sassy shit. <laughs> like I was like a good hairstylist, but I never really looked at it as like a career choice. But, you know, I was always in all of y'all hair, like yes. doing everyone's hair. Let the people hair. know I was an original muse. <laughs> yes, she was. <laughs> always in everyone's hair for every event, doing hair and makeup, just beauty, you know, just yeah. all kinds of beauty stuff. And I remember I was doing your hair one day and you were like, I don't even know why you're here. Like, you should just go home and be a hairstylist. And I was like, <laughs> like laughing out loud. But internally, I was like, maybe she's right. <laughs> And that kind of like started like a, a thought process for me. You like, see people listen to your sassy friends. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> we don't know how to deliver the message all the time, but we're gonna get you the message. <laughs> so I called my mom, and I was like, "Mom, I have something to tell you." She's like, "What?" I'm like, "I'm gonna come home and be a hairstylist," and she was like, "I was waiting for you to say that. I knew it was gonna happen." I was like, "What?" We like, love to see it. <laughs> I just wanted you to come to that conclusion by yourself. Like it was like she wasn't thrilled, but she was well, like, I guess if that's what she you want to do, right? <laughs> if that's what you want to do, I'll support it. She said, like, I mean, you are good at it, so I'm sure it'll be fine. But she that had no fun. idea of like, and I mean, neither did I. Like the kind of the levels that you can get to with hair. Yeah, I think in both of my minds, of our minds, I was like going to be just working at a hair salon, you know, just what you think of a hairstylist, what I thought of a hairstylist growing up. And she was like, well, just come on home. And I was like, okay, that worked out. I thought she was going to be like, are you serious? (laughs) I seen that you wrote um, on Instagram in one of your stories that you used to work at a natural hair salon. Yeah. Which is... 3,000% 3,000% different than what you do now. So yeah. first tell us about your experience at a natural hair salon and yeah. then kind of how you ended up completely on the other side and doing like editorial and high-end fashion hair. Yeah. So actually I started off doing editorial because oh. Daniela, remember Daniela was like an aspiring oh. model at the That's time. That's right. DJ so, was walking the runway. Yeah. So she was like, you should come do this photo shoot with me. It's like called a test shoot where... 
everyone like does what they do and then everyone mm-hmm. gets a photo from it. And I was like, sure. So I went to this test shoot and I was hooked. I was like, but mind you don't get paid for this stuff. Everyone's just doing yeah. it for their portfolio. I was hooked, but I was like, I still need a job because this is not going to pay the bills. Okay. But that's okay. where I fell in love with it. And from that shoot, I used that picture to like get another shoot and another shoot. And I started doing editorial work first. But oh. once I realized that wasn't paying the bills, I was like, I need to work in a salon. So then I started looking into salons to work at. Um, was the, the natural hair salon the first one? The natural hair salon was the first one. Yes. It was the first one. I mean, there, w- there was a salon that I wanted to work at first, like straight out of the gate from beauty school. Mm-hmm. So after I did the editorial, then I went to beauty school. And then in beauty school, I'm like, I want to work at this like really high-end salon on the Upper East Side that everyone is like, this is the best salon. They pay great, great clients, et cetera. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to work there. And because I was already doing editorial, everyone assumed that I would get the job. And so did I. Yeah. And it was like, <laughs> To get the job, you had to do a blowout. And I'm like, hello, that's my thing. I could do that. Yeah. But turns out, like, the interviewer was racist. So that didn't work out. That's on brand for the Upper East. <laughs> yes. So I went into the interview and, you know, I did the blowout. And he was like, can, can I talk to you for a minute? Let's just chat. I'm like, sure. He's like, so I don't think you are a good fit for this place. And I was like, in what way? And he's like, you know what I mean. You're just not a fit. Yeah. Are you fucking shitting me? Yep. And I was mortified. I was, I, w- I walked out of that place like hysterically crying. And I kind of like gave up trying to like find the best place. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to look for like the most expensive spot. I'm not going to like really go out to like, really, I'm not going to try to make money. I'm mm-hmm. just going to go try to find a place that I could be happy at and that could get, be accepted. Yeah. So that's where I found bourgeois salon and it was a great that place to work it? it's called bourgeois yeah <laughs> right up my alley <laughs> yeah i learned so much remember you came to like a hair expo for me yes at bourgeois that was bourgeois salon yeah oh yeah i, I did like, a hair expo there this name. This name is <laughs> i learned everything i mean i learned how to do my own hair too at bourgeois i mean growing up you do your own hair but you don't know, like the professional way to do it yeah. right so I learned so I much. Still don't her, like, <laughs> <laughs> Thank I God for hair I was just telling my aunt the other day, I, th- I feel like I grew up thinking that all black girls knew how to do hair. Because we were just always in each other's hair. I can do certain things. Like I can get you a slick ponytail. I can, I can do that. I can get you a high bun. I've been working on my Tegan styles. I'm getting better at that. <laughs> but see, that's more than beginner. Yeah, but that's because, but I've been, you know, I'm cheap, so (laughs) (laughs) one, I'm cheap, and two, I live amidst the whites. They're not going to be in my hair. Right, right. (laughs) Girl, (laughs) we're not about to play that game. Uh, You know what I think is real interesting? That you started working before you went to school. I think people get really caught up in, like, there's an order to do things in. Like, oh, I got to go to school first, and I got to do that first. And that that might be true for really traditional careers like mine. Like, yeah, you do have to go to law school first. I mean, there's, like, maybe two or three states where you don't. But even in those states, you have to, like, work for a decade before you can sit for the bar. So there's these real standard procedures to, like, following your dreams. But in the creative spaces, that's not the case. And I feel like, um, I feel like people kind of, like, box themselves in into thinking that there's this 
one the right way to do it. Right. I mean, I, I, I didn't see, I didn't have money to go to school yet. So I was like, we just going to do this until we do have money. <laughs> so I did that. And I, I was working overnight at a call center at 311. I was working overnight at also this hospital. So I was doing that and then editorial during the day just to try to make it work until I had the money to like yeah. go to school. I remember you were at the, was the prosecutor's office or? The yeah, the DA's office. office. Somebody, I was like, this hoe got my job. But see, with, <laughs> I was at the DA's office working nine to five, but with that, I couldn't also do editorial because that's yeah. during the day during the week. Yeah. So I was like, so I got to ditch the DA's office job and everyone was like, you're crazy. You have your own office. This is yeah. nice. I was like, but that editorial work is amazing. Even though it didn't pay me anything. I'm like, that's Listen, what I I'm, That's why I said you were brave. A lot of people are not brave enough to like be like, I'm going to ditch security. Right. And just like, go for it. But there's no victory in safety. Right. You just got to jump sometimes. And hope you can fly. And if you right. You better fly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So another interesting thing that I seen you post on your Instagram um, and a lot of people commented on was you were asking people about like negative experiences that they had in the industry. Mm -hmm. And um, my nail tech, um, she's a young black girl. I adore Rachel. She's amazing. Anybody in Orlando, pull up on Rachel at the polish <laughs> room, but you got to book like a month in advance to stay busy. So she's really awesome. And when you posted that, I happened to be getting my nails done, mm -hmm. and I was talking to her about what, you know, what I was reading, and kind of just the feedback, and she was like, yeah, it's the same thing, you know, here, and I was like, well, it's all the beauty industry, sis, so I just assume, yeah. you know, that, you know, like, there's some kind of similarities to the experiences, um, but I, I just would like to hear you talk about, like, some of your growing pains, like, early on. I mean, when I first started doing, like, editorial work, I was... I started getting published pretty early on, even before I went to school. So that's what really made me like, okay, you need to go to school because you can't just be doing this for a living and not be official. So mm -hmm. I started doing like the editorial work and then I got booked to do like this really great shoot. And I'm at the shoot, setting all my stuff up, said hi to everyone, introduced myself. And an hour later, everyone's still sitting around I'm like, so like, when are we going to get started? They're like, we're waiting for the hairstylist. I'm like, that's, I mean, with all this hair stuff, that's clearly me. <laughs> the brushes are not for decoration. Ladies right. and, <laughs> and they were like, oh, I thought you were the assistant. And I'm like, so we've been waiting all this time because you thought I was the assistant. So that was like my first experience with that. And then I went to beauty school and in school you do like, you know, um, you do work on mannequin heads and then there's a, a portion of the schooling where you're actually working on real people like clients off from off the street okay this woman came in and she needed like her haircut and one of the instructors were like you know this is Naima Lafon she's gonna do Naima Carey at the time she's gonna do your your hair and she was like no get me someone else I can't let a black girl touch me are you kidding yeah and then what was really like kind of like the the nail in the coffin was like they were like okay let's get you someone else <laughs> and they just acquiesced like that's acceptable yeah i was like oh this is how we're doing it so that's yeah crazy. so I, at, at an early point in my career i was like i kind of understood yeah that i had a place or they thought i had a place they thought you had a place they thought 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I kind of, you know, it kind of made me move a little bit differently in a way where I was maybe less bold, where I would reach out to certain people and be like, oh, let's work at first. And when they would decline, me thinking, oh, maybe they just don't like my work. But then I'm like, hey, maybe it's more than that. You know, yeah. so I really just started to grind on my own and find like more like smaller photographers to work with and just start to build from there instead of trying to reach so high. I'm like, let's work as a small community of, you know, creatives that yeah. are all on my level. And then let's just build each other up and build from there. Yeah, that that's actually a really, really um, kind of smart approach. I feel like that's what, like whenever I get back together with like people we went to school with, I feel like that's what it, that's what it feels like. Like, you know, we've all been together since we were like 17 and 18. Yeah. We've kind of all been quote unquote shooting in the gym together. Yeah. And now we're all just kind of naturally progressing. And like, I think it's just dope that we all got to do that, you know, kind of in a parallel way where we all can celebrate each other, have these yes. experiences with each other. So I think that was a really dope approach. Have you Thank ever you. had like any black women that you were able to like um, seek mentorship from? I would say just the owner of Bourgeois Salon in a way where she wasn't necessarily a mentor, but I looked at her as like, uh, if she was someone I looked up to, like, wow, she had this beautiful, like high-end salon. You know, she was the owner of, you know, a black woman owning a business, a beautiful high-end salon. I never went to a beautiful high-end salon when I was growing up. I didn't have money for that. But to see someone doing that and owning it, I was like, this is amazing. And just looking at her made me feel like, you know, I could definitely reach higher. Um, Another person that was a mentor who's not a hairstylist was um, Crystal Wright. She's like a business coach. And I I went to, I saw on Model Mayhem, I don't know if you know Model Mayhem, but it's like, it's this site with like all the creatives on there, photographers, makeup artists, et cetera. I went on Model Mayhem. There was like a flyer for this seminar that she was doing, like, it's pretty much like she's very like bold and straight to the point. Like pretty much like get your life together, you know. <laughs> so basically you went and found another me. Very yeah. <laughs> she was like, you know, if you want to be an editorial hairstylist or a makeup artist, you have to come to the seminar so you know what to do and what not to do. Because you, you know, you've never been there. So you need to know the road. So I went to the seminar and I was like blown away because I'm like, wow, there's like a whole process to this. And someone sat me down and told me what it was. Yeah. So after that, I was like, I have to do that for other people, you know, other women that come up with me and behind me, I have to like, let them know because if I hadn't encountered that seminar, if I hadn't met her, yeah. I'd be lost in the sauce. Yeah. That's why I always say mentorship is super important. Especially yeah. for black women, because we're already operating at a deficit in yes. every space. Yes. So when you're transitioning into a new space, especially a new workspace, you don't know the culture right. of that job. You don't know the culture of that industry. You need somebody to kind of help you avoid the landmine. Exactly. Because you can crash and burn before you even, you know, take off. Exactly. I, there are I, rules, all of that. I owe you the hugest apology. I mean, I've already apologized, but, you know, what? just speaking of not knowing the culture. <laughs> Remember, I used to tag someone and tag you all the time on Twitter. And I was like, her hair is trash. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I felt very passionately about her bad hair. <laughs> a mess. <laughs> I, but in my mind, 
So it, in my mind, here's what I was doing. Clearly not, you know, the execution wasn't the intent. The intent in my mind was that she was going to tap your, your name and see your profile and see your work and be like, oh, I should get this dope black girl to hook my hair up. Like in my mind, this shit was going to be a CW episode, right? No. <laughs> The CW frog was going to come out dancing and there was going to be a match made in heaven and you were going to be working at this station forever. Like, this was going to be a moment. Obviously, we know how it did. <laughs> <laughs> that woman blocked both of my accounts. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't even know how she knew about my second account, but she oh did my <laughs> She looked you up. <laughs> she was sick and tired of my shit. I can tell you that for sure. And but first and of all, the fact me. that you know that she blocked you on both accounts means that you're mad annoying. That she I am. <laughs> <laughs> because when she blocked the first account, I didn't realize it for a good while. When I did realize it, I was like, oh, sis ain't say nothing. I will hit her ass with the other account. Boom, she beat me to it. <laughs> I'm mad. <laughs> But then, life's ironies, I moved down to Florida for law school, and guess who was working in Florida? Are you serious? So serious. Wow. It was like my second year of law school, and because I don't watch the news anymore. I stopped watching the news in undergrad. It's always bad news, so I just yeah. I never watch it. Um, but we, it was hurricane season, which is the only reason why the TV was even on, because I don't even watch TV unless it's like, you know, a movie Probably right. the best man yet again for the umpteen Right. <laughs> but it was hurricane season. I was trying to see if school was going to be canceled. So I was watching the news. I said, I'll be damn. That face looks familiar. <laughs> and then her name popped up and I was like, uh, I should troll her. <laughs> I hope you did it. I did it. I was too damn busy with law school. Okay, good. <laughs> I didn't have the time, but oh, it crossed my mind. I'm, I'm working on being better people, okay? This is growth, okay? It's a journey. <laughs> it's a slow journey, but, but a journey nonetheless. But what I found crazy was like a lot of people in your, like in the responses to that um, query that should sound like hazen. I remember one lady wrote, um, actually, I don't even know if it was a lady. Oh, the salon experience. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm taking the, the assumption that it was a lady. It could have very well been a man. Um, but the respondent wrote, that was a man lawyerly. The, the, the commentator wrote that they had to be in heels the whole time that they were working in the salon. That was me too. So ah! after, after I left a natural hair salon, no, ma'am. I got a job at a salon on the Upper East Side. You just so I found a spot. I, I had to I had to get the Upper East Side. <laughs> so I got a job on the because you know why? Just backtrack a bit. When I was in high school, my mom used to work at um, Bloomingdale's on 59th Street, oh. and we used to always walk around the Upper East Side together and kind of like dream. And I'm like, oh, these fancy salons. One day I'm gonna get my hair done here. When I became a hairstylist, I was like, I want to work here. So I got my job on the Upper side. Oh my God. It was, I, I, I learned a lot, but yeah. it was definitely hazing. I had to wear heels every day for my entire oh, shift, 12 hour shifts. I lost my toenails. My no doctor way. was like, oh, are you an athlete? You're a runner? I was, like, I was about to say, because I lose mine regularly, but I run. 
Sis, no, I'm not. <laughs> I do blowouts. <laughs> <laughs> and he, she was like, wow, that's, that's intense. <laughs> Words are, that's intense, yo. I was reading those comments and I was like, what? Yeah, like there were even no chairs in the break room. You just stand what? at all times. How was it a break? Not a break. It was like a, a bar. You get your food, you eat it there, eat, and then go back on the floor. Like, there's no sitting around. How long were you at this um, pledging? It was like nine months. Yeah. Let me tell you something. You got some fortitude, sis, because <laughs> I'd have been there like two weeks, and I'd have the been reason- like, how wild <laughs> <laughs> I left at nine months because I met this girl in this other, it was like a three department salon, uh-huh. this other department on the third floor, like up yonder. And she came to like the break room and I started talking to her and she was like, I've been assistant for four years. I was like, four years. What? Are you kidding check, me? Check please. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> Four effing years? Four years. Nah. I'm always amazed at how people let their life be stagnant. That's crazy. She's like, but I'm learning a lot. I'm like... Sis, but you can learn, wow. like, in other places. Like, you can learn on the job. You don't have to be... Right. Listen, people, if you're listening, watching, whatever, do not loiter in your life. It's like the worst thing you can do for yourself. Right. Is stagnant. I mean, you can you can still learn. There are classes, master yeah. classes. All kinds of cl- you don't... It's not the fact that she assisted for four years. It's that assisting it's pays nothing. Like I'm going to be honest. It's the assisting for me. <laughs> assisting pays. If assisting paid well, then you want to do it for four years. And that was like what it was. Then yeah. fine. But you can't assist for four years and like make a, like, a, living. Make a living. Like have in a New roof York over City. your head. In New York City. Jesus. She must have had eight roommates. <laughs> maybe. Or maybe like rich parents or something. So I was like, I, I'm... Can't we gonna pray it. for her. I yeah. hope she's not still assistant. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I mean, she sounds like she's a content human being, but that ain't it. <laughs> that is not it. Not for me. That, Everyone that, has that, their own path, but that just knew that that wasn't mine. Yeah, nah, it's, it's not mine. I'm not. I find that I am definitely not of my parents or not of my grandmother's generation. Yeah. I've never thought it was okay to be at a job for like 27 years. Mm. Like I've done, you know, when I was in New York City, I did a lot of contract work and yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, if y'all having cake to celebrate somebody's retirement, I'm gonna have a piece, okay? Right. I don't care <laughs> that I'm only here for a couple of weeks. I'm gonna pat Paul on the back and congratulate him on 27 years of outstanding service right. and he did that damn cake. And so I would be like talking to people and I'd be like, you really been here 27 years, 30 years. Yeah. Wow. You know, I started here fresh out of school and I worked my way up for real. <laughs> <laughs> like you did that shit on purpose every day. Yeah. Like that shit is so weird to me. And then I remember um, this guy used to date. He had been in his job a very long time. And I was like, yo, bro, you need to bounce. Like yeah. you need to get the fuck out of there. He was just like, no, it's a good job, you know. Especially if you don't find yourself like growing and thriving and there was no making growth. A, yeah. There's no growth. And it was like one of those jobs where you get like those bullshit uh increments in pay. 
Mm. Even at the good jobs, like even at firms, very often, if you don't like move up from like an associate to a partner, your increments of pay are still just like a couple of percentages. Right. That really depends on how well your firm is doing. You may never see a bonus if your firm isn't doing well. I'm just like, how could you stay here for like seven, eight years and like you're only seeing like a 1% raise? That's crazy. Like you literally not even made 10% more money than you started. Over the span of your career, like the math don't math. Yeah, I couldn't do it. As I was telling my aunt the other day, we were talking about like, she's like such a go-getter. Yeah. And I'm like, like that, that fire just comes from like that urgency just comes from like how we grew up. And I always thought, you know, like my mom gave me the best life she could give me. And I want to give my daughter the best life I can give her. And also myself the best life, you right. know? You're right, because we into love shit. Okay? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's exactly. be clear, people. These bundles ain't free. Okay? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so I can't, I can't really sit around somewhere that's not, like, yeah. helping me grow. And, like, I just can't do it. I think that was the benefit for me of my mom being in construction because those jobs are not consistent. Like you jump from contractor to contractor, whoever has work. So, you know, there were times when my mom wasn't working at all. There were times where, and and she's in the union. So the way the union works is like, you have to put your name back on the list after your job is over. So you could have been on a job for four years and now you're at the bottom of the list and there's like no work starting and everyone's like out of work. Like that has happened to us more than once right and like, my mom would just be like walking around the city going to construction sites like um y'all got a foreman you got a shop steward where's the paperwork like she'd be running people down to make sure right. like, that, like she was such a hustler and she right to, you have to, to have that urgency yeah and that's you know for me i feel like that was the best thing for me to see growing up especially as a black girl like to know that listen sis nobody's gonna hand you anything right Right. <laughs> Nobody's going to spoon feed you shit. Exactly. You're either going to grind or starve. <laughs> right. Yeah, my mom was like, she would work at um, Bloomingdale's during the day, and then at night, she was being a nurse. See? And even when she was going to nursing school, she would take us to school with her, and we would sit in the lounge doing our homework <laughs> while she was in class. <laughs> Listen, it, whatever got to be done. I remember right. there was one summer that work was really, really slow for my mom. And that's the summer she, like, started selling T-shirts and jewelry and, like, all this extra shit. That's, like, when I really started spending mad time in the fashion district because she was buying all the costumes, all the white T-shirts. You know, the guys always got to have a crispy white (laughs) in the city. And she would, like, the tables that we use for the barbecue, she would set that shit up in front of the supermarket. First thing in the morning, I would come out when she would leave to go to work, and I would work the table until she came back to work and then she would work it until like eight o'clock and then come in and make dinner. Like you're either going to hustle or your ass is going to starve. Yep. And I feel, like, or starve. I feel like a lot of people don't get that shit. A lot don't, a lot don't get it. I mean, I mean like we grew up in the eighties and nineties Yes. in New York city. <laughs> we grew up in the crack era. I'm just saying. I say this shit it's all different. the time. It's different. People think I'd be joking. I'd be like, I'm from the Bronx. I was born in 79. Yeah. Yeah. I seen some shit. It's different. <laughs> like, and a lot of us were walking to school by ourselves, taking the train an hour, yeah. the bus an hour to go to school during the crack era. Right. Right. Meanwhile, back at El Rancho, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have cell phones then. It was right. like some dingy ass pay phones. Yo. 
So if you see us urgent about this success and about this climb, that's where it comes from. Yeah, I, I, that's why I kind of, I kind of feel like this generation, I feel like they have a lot of benefits in the fact that they have so much technology at their hands, but I feel like they have so much at their hands that they take it for granted. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, it could be me. I, you know, I don't know because my career path is such a traditional one um, that is obviously not going to look the same as a creator's path, but from my seat, I feel like they don't have the urgency that they should have. Right. They don't. I'm like, always like getting on my brothers about that. My younger brothers. I'm like, let's go. So the They're like, calm down. It's going to be okay. I'm like, nah, is it? It's, is it? <laughs> <laughs> like, is it? Like, I don't think, I don't think my little sister's like that. I don't think she really has a choice though. I feel like <laughs> right. Mom, <laughs> I feel like my mom be on her like the minute she gets like kind of chillaxed, my mother be like, "So fuck you finna do." <laughs> right. If I don't feel secure, I lose sleep over it. Like I'm yeah. not I I'm not sleeping well if I don't feel like, you know, you're you're doing good, you're secure, you're like moving, you're making moves. I'm the opposite. I can't sleep. I, I will wake up at three o'clock in the morning. Like, so what are we going to do? Like, <laughs> how are we going to get this money? <laughs> I, so I'm the opposite, which is odd because you have the, the more like creative spaces, like work comes and goes. And I, have yeah. <laughs> but I have anxiety when I feel too secure. Mm -hmm. I don't like it. Yeah. I'm not comfortable in that space. I don't like feeling like I've become so secure that I'm just kind of comfortable. Yeah, that's not. That's yeah, not I don't like com I, comfortable. Doesn't feel good either. Yeah, yeah I, I don't thrive. So this like, is what I mean. Like, there's a, always a constant state of urgency. Like, yeah, you don't get it. You're, you know, you're not sleeping well. You do get it. You're too comfortable. <laughs> always on edge. Well, let me ask you the this. crack era. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, hashtag the crack era may have saved our lives. Like, <laughs> it sounds crazy, but. <laughs> There might be something. I might write a thesis on this. Like, I might write a little article on the crack era saving lives. Look into because, it. Look into it. I mean, there's some substance to that. But in this, so I have a question, and it's probably going to be because you and your husband are creatives, whereas for the most part, I feel like I kind of date people who are kind of, nah, I date everybody. I got about eight boyfriends. <laughs> All right, but this one in particular, this one who did not get me, <laughs> this one who did not get me was somebody who had like a regular job. So uh -huh. he wasn't an athlete. He wasn't a creative. He wasn't like an, an entrepreneur. He was someone who had like a, a he had a good job, uh -huh. but he was just like one of those people that was comfortable having a regular job. Uh -huh. And he always used to say to me, like, almost as if I was ungrateful because I, like, if I get comfortable, I'm like, nah, I need to pivot. Like, I need to do something else. He's like, well, why can't you just be grateful in the space you're in? Bro, I can be grateful in transit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, what is, do you, like, so because you guys are both creators, do you feel like you guys kind of align in that way? I or... feel like we align because of the crack camera. <laughs> <laughs> We're both the same age, so we both have that same. Yeah. You know, he, he grew up in Haiti. He was born and raised in Haiti up until he oh, was like shit. 10. That's crack era. That's yeah, a, it's like <laughs> so he like is definitely all about like the hustle. Like he never feels comfortable. Like no matter no matter yeah. what state we're in, he's like, what are we gonna do? Like he's yeah. always on his grind. So it, it's great because our grind mattresses yeah. we're never just like feeling complacent. 
and he's yeah. always on top of it, which I love. Yeah. I hated being in relationships where I'm like, so what you gonna do now? Like, yeah, that shit don't sit well with me. I'd be like, bruh, so I'm trying to like build a fucking hotel in Dubai at some point. Right, what are we doing? What's your goal? Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Try to get the 1% because the 1% is not, <laughs> like right. the 1% is not a bop. Like I took a pay cut because my quality of life was more important. That is that's so a, important. And that shit sounds crazy to, you know, most people that have student loans from law school because these shits are steep. Right. <laughs> They're steep, but it was a necessary pivot. Everything about everything about taking that pay cut repositioned my life to do so many other things. Yeah, you have to do what feels good. My father used to always say that. Do what feels good and makes you happy. You yeah. can't you can't always follow the money. Like you can't you always can. do that. I learned that the hard way. I you learned that the yeah, hard you, way. You can't always follow the money because if you follow the money and you're not happy, then it's kind of pointless because you're not going to do a great job. Yeah. And it's just not going to lead to anywhere positive. So you have to do what makes, which is why I became a hairstylist. Like yeah. I went into it kind of assuming that you're not going to really make all that much money, but you're going to have fun and you're going to love your job. Yeah. And just being, as passionate as I am about hair and, and beauty, I just like was like putting my all into it yeah. and it le led me to where I am today, so. That, that makes sense. When I was younger, I oh, here's the thing. We all know that my soul is, my spirit is recycled, right? I've been here like three <laughs> times already. I'm like 50. Even though I have a knack for the creative space and I, I love being You do, yeah. I knew very early on, I remember like as early as like the third grade saying verbatim, oh, I can't do the starving artist thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was talking to one of my like, I don't know, one of the teacher aides, I yeah. guess, that work in the cafeteria after I was dancing, you know, during lunch. Uh -huh. She's like, oh, you're always such a little ham. You should really... You should ask your mom to put you in stuff. I said, why? Wow, I'm going to be a lawyer. Right. <laughs> I was like, sis, I don't need her to waste no money on dad's class. I'm going to law school. Right. Start thinking out now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I knew. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I knew exactly what my capacity yeah. wasn't going to be. Like, I couldn't do the starving artist thing. And now that I'm more settled, like, right. now I can go back to embracing my creative side. Because I right. <laughs> right, right. I, I hear that. I hear that. Yeah, I was I was doing the starving artist for a little bit. Um, but you loved it. Like you had a passion for what you were doing. I didn't. Love and it I also that. know how to like not look starving, which was great. Yeah. You know? <laughs> listen, listen. We'll serve you a look on a budget. We will yes. serve you a look <laughs> on a budget. <laughs> Don't get this shit twisted. Tarjay's got some looks. Yes. Hair was always done. Makeup, nails. I could do all those things. <laughs> Put a cute budget outfit together. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so what's some advice that you give some of the, the young hairstylists that you met, or just people in the, in the industry at all? Because, I mean, I'm sure... You come across photographers, MUAs, just all type of mm -hmm. people in the industry. What's some of the advice that you share with them? I think my main advice for young hairstylists that are on Instagram mainly is having, because I feel like sometimes, well, often, creatives <laughs> tend not to be very professional in correspondence. And mm -hmm. it, it tends to be a huge downfall. 
and it blocks a lot of opportunities. Like you can't DM someone that you look up to or someone that's doing something that you want to do and be like, Hey girl. So like, don't do that. I don't know you. Right. <laughs> right. Like you can't email someone with like no greeting and just have your email address or your website or whatever. And just say, look me up. Like, why would they do that? Like, you know, be more professional. Like, keep in mind you know that what I would love for you. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I didn't mean to cut you off, but it just came in my head and I can't let it go. No, tell me. I would love for you to do a Udemy course on the business of beauty. I think I could do that. I, I would love that. But it's I, just like keep keep in mind that you're reaching out because you want something. Like people contact me and say, like, oh, like, can I shadow you? Period. And I'm like, <laughs> first of all that's a question right this is like right and I'm like in my head I'm like I just I can't reach out to everyone but it's like what are you what is that doing for me I don't know if you are crazy I don't know if you're going to come in there and be unprofessional in front of my client I don't know I don't know if you're going to steal from me I don't know anything about you you haven't told me anything about you you haven't Mm -hmm. you know you haven't given me any reassurance that this is a good look yeah. So like you have to really go go into it like it's a, a real job. And I, I think, think that's people what people forget, forget to sell themselves. I think people think just because that happens shit, that definitely happens in, in my industry. People are just like, Oh, I just want to learn. Can I follow you? You need to sell yourself. Like right. what you, you need to bring something to the table. Right. What like, do you have to offer that? What do you have to offer? <laughs> right. You like the girl that's assisting me right now, Tiffany, she's amazing. She was like, you know, I'll come, I'll hold your bobby pins if you want me to. I, I know how to clean a kit really good. I'll keep your kit organized. Like, what can you do for me while I'm doing yeah. something for you? Like, because you, know, you just standing over my shoulder for eight that hours. Is. It's not helpful. <laughs> <laughs> it's not helpful. And just remember that. It is a creative job, but it's still a job. So you still yeah. have to be professional in all your correspondence and, and how fast you return someone's email. Like, mm-hmm. don't ask me about something and I respond to you and then you take like two days to get back to me. I've moved on to the next. Like, I've yeah. actually reached out to someone on Instagram. I was looking for like someone who could really braid. I was doing like a New York Fashion Week show and there was like a lot of braiding and I needed like two more assistants. I reached yeah. out to this girl. And she hit me back like two days later and the show had already passed. For New York Fashion Week? And she was like, oh, next next time you should email me. I was like, first of all, there's not going to be a next time. At all. (laughs) At all. It's just like, come on. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? No sense of urgency. No sense of urgency. If somebody was booking me for Fashion Week, I don't care if it was just to like change the fucking laces and the sneakers. I'd right. be on my phone. I would have the notification set like refresh, refresh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not trying to miss no opportunity. I've had people like I've reached out and they'd be like, Oh, it's Saturday at 10. Can I come at 11.30? Because I told my aunt that I would drop. No. Girl, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, who is raising you? Like, what is going on? People. If you don't want your dream, nobody's going to want it for you. Nope. Like, what kind and of thing? That's one thing that I learned early, too. I feel like I, early on in my career, I was always trying to take someone under my wing because I felt like 
no one's doing that for me so i'm yeah. gonna do it for you but i was i was pulling people who didn't want to be pulled like they said that they wanted it yeah, yeah they were i was dragging them they're like oh i want to do this but every time it's like a call time you're late or yeah. you know something to do you're like oh but can i do it tomorrow it's just like do you want this or no right like, what's that? see i <laughs> You don't have that luxury when it's like law school because one, you pay for that shit up front. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then two, your ass will get kicked out of school if you don't like, if you're not punctual. Right. Like literally you'll get kicked out of school. You won't be right. allowed to take your exams. They'll kick you out. And it's a good learning lesson because if you walk into the court late, the judge is not about to hear you. Exactly. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> you can't go to jail. <laughs> how do you come to assist me? And I'm there before you. I yeah, set up all my own stuff. Like, how did, yeah, how did that work is, out? This is what happens when you're not a member of Alpha Beta Sigma Sorority Incorporated. You don't learn that early is on time and on time is late. Exactly. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> tell your ass. Exactly. <laughs> early. <laughs> exactly. So class-wise, what kind of classes do you suggest for just like newer, newer people who are like kind of just eyeballing the industry and they want to see maybe if, that's something they want to pursue. I mean, I think you should try to think about what area of the industry you want to work in. Cause I think that's one of the things that us young black hairstylists don't realize. And I didn't realize in school is that there are so many sectors. I mean, when you think about it, you know it, but like in school, all they talk to you about is the hair salon. You know, I did, I didn't learn about doing hair in theater and that that was a department or doing hair for movies doing hair for the news, doing hair for like people at home, doing that hair. Sense, it is all different hair. Yeah, all different hair. <laughs> doing hair for like, you know, marketing, billboards, advertising, things like that. Or doing hair for celebrities. Everyone thinks it's either you're in a salon or you're doing celebrity work. There's so much other stuff in yeah. between. Doing work in fashion, doing, being an educator, like not being in the yeah. salon at all, not doing hair behind the chair at all, being the one that's doing all the teaching there are so many avenues to go and we don't we don't learn about that you pivoted into education you guys would not believe it but she used to be pretty shy (laughs) yeah very shy i used to be mad at you guys when you try to make me make like (laughs) some kind of public statement i'm like but why do i have to do it <laughs> in a whole ass frenzy she's not she's not lying There'll yes be a whole ass, sweating mean, why do i have to do it because i talk all the time right <laughs> so i was i was super super proud of you when you pivoted to education i was like okay <laughs> i had to get in front of the people it let the people easy. know you got something to say i'll be easy. watching your little videos i'll be like get it girl <laughs> And then I'd be burning my scalp. I'd be like, girl, you don't know how to use no tools. (laughs) And I got to say, like, our experience with, you know, we were both in a sorority. We both founded a sorority together with some other friends. And that that experience really prepared me for a lot of the things in my career. Like, just being, like, persistent and working hard. Like, we worked so hard to build that organization. (laughs) Like, and, you know and not just just working hard like nothing phases me like when i have to like stay up really late late night hours work working like early in the morning waking up at 5 a.m like we did that so often like we were we were working so hard that when i shit like yeah when (laughs) i reached that in my career (laughs) 
when I reached to that point in my career where I was doing those things, it just reminded me of that time. And I was like, oh, I, I could do this. This is, we, I do this. It's fine. <laughs> Correct. Which is why I'm never fearful to jump into a new endeavor. I'm like, right. this is on brand for me, people. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Building some shit up from the ground is completely on brand for right. me. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, you know, that's what I did with Amika. When I left yes. my job at Blow, people were like, you're crazy. You're going to this organization or this company that no one knows. Like, no one had heard of Amika at the time. Yeah. And they're like, you know, like, no one knows that company. Like, what are you going to do over there? In my head, I'm like, I'm going to do I what I do. I thought it was do. a dope opportunity. I was like, bet, ground up. Right. Good luck. I'm like, I'm going to do what I do. Like, this is, this is, this is a perfect space for me. It's like, please hold. Right. <laughs> blank canvas. I got it. I always prefer blank canvas. I think that's, I know that's one of the reasons why I'm very frustrated at work these days because yeah. a lot of work is not the work that I started. Mm. It's like now that they've shifted me to this team and they realize how much of a talent they have in me it's like oh well she's not really getting it done so you take her work i'm not taking her check so sis need to do her motherfucking job <laughs> or somebody's gotta send me some money like it can't be every time somebody's not doing their job oh we can just give it to tasha i always want to be like a fly on the wall in your in your workspace and how the lawyer that you are because i know you personally and yeah. in a casual space. Also alpha, beta, sigma, but still we would pop off then too. Yeah. That's yeah, not all probably. that professional. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you right now, it's not a lot of difference. <laughs> there is not a lot of difference. Like my manager is notorious in our team meeting. She'll be like, before New York, Tasha shows up. Just let me finish the sentence. <laughs> and I'll be like, all right, but... <laughs> I'm I'm taking notes because if you say the wrong thing, we <laughs> no, I'm totally on brand. <laughs> Nothing has changed. I just, you know, I have gotten better at dragging people without having to physically drag them. The professional drag? Yes, it's an art form. And I <laughs> the corporate drag. I, I have mastered the art of the corporate drag. I will oh, my email drag is on. <laughs> I bet. Oh my we, God. We were working on that from college. Correct. I, I say all the time, y'all don't understand what you be did to me. Like right. somebody sent me some email like, oh, you know, I didn't get this. Oh, please see people's exhibit. Right, a. exactly. Ask her the email. See below. below. <laughs> <laughs> so they yeah. Yeah, nothing has changed. It's, it's kind of the same. So, I mean. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, what has been your best experience thus far? Very best. Apex. Very best. Apex um, was last season, Fashion Week, where I worked four shows that were all on the official Fashion Week calendar. And I was we just. to see it. I was just so, like, blown away that. Because growing up, I didn't see another Black woman doing those things. Like coming up as a young hairstylist, I didn't see myself, you know, reflected in anyone doing those things. So to get to a space where I was doing it, I was like, and it just came. Like that was like, oh, you booked this show, this show. I was like, and I looked at the calendar and like my name was circled like four times. I was like, we're here. Like, how did this happen? We'd love to see it. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> 
So that was definitely like such an amazing experience. I felt like, I felt like I finally got to, I guess I'm just like a harsh critic on myself. Like I never felt like I, I'm like, okay, I'm finally doing something now. Like I'm finally feeling First of all, she's been doing stuff, people. Just FYF, you can find her in Vogue and Vanity Fair, but you know, we're glad she finally started doing something <laughs> with her free time. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I never found that Vanity Fair. I checked the CVS's. Oh, that, the Allure? Oh, Allure, yes. Allure. Yeah. Because well, I was just reading the Brianna Vanity Fair. That's why it's like on the tip of my tongue. But yeah, I like, do they not stop? What's going on with Allure? Why are they not Florida, everywhere? Florida's hating on Allure? What's going on? Yo, defund Florida. It's <laughs> 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 I love living in Florida, but this is a wild environment, man. <laughs> I bet. Those videos, those videos on social media are not skits. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> So you gave us some great, great tips. I, I love, I love the mama, I made it moment. Cause that was dope. I think, <laughs> I think we all felt like that. I was so, so excited for you. I was Thanks, like, sis. y'all see that? That's my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And you know, my mama called. I know. I love girl, her. You see name? That's my, girl. okay, Sharon. She's my girl first. <laughs> Follow Sharon on Instagram. Like, she's a great <laughs> motivational speaker. I, I literally, really I watch, it's funny, like, you watching Shay. So, again, yes. <laughs> she gets you going. <laughs> she really is, though. I think I'm going to have my mom on the podcast. You I should. Think the, I think the people need it. I think the people I think it's need overdue. it. I think the people and when need you it. edit, you should add in, like, one of her videos. Her videos, right? The workout videos. I'm like, yeah. the people need the Shay Zone. Yeah. You're right. The people do need the shade though because she's a live wire. Everyone <laughs> needs to know where all this came from. <laughs> the people do need to know that I am actually not even that turned up in comparison. Like, <laughs> so when are you teaching your next class? So I'm teaching a class um, in this like full day of classes called uh, Reparations by Kia Artistically. It's at Kia Artistically. Um, I'm doing a class all about working in the editorial space and the fashion space, um, all the do's and don'ts um, of doing that. So you definitely want to get into that. What Kia is doing is you can buy a ticket or you can um, apply for a sponsorship for a ticket as well. If you buy a ticket, one of your tickets also goes to a young black hairstylist. So the whole concept is like giving back to the community. Because right now we're seeing a lot of like, you know, white hairstyles and non-black hairstyles, like, okay, teach us, like, teach us how to do black hair. Mm. And of course, we want that. We want that. But yeah. in that same space, like, what are we learning? Like, what are we getting? Like, especially young black hairstylists who right. don't have the same access to a lot of things. We can't, we, we can't forget about them. So we have to yeah. remember that they need education too. And if they don't have the money to get it, like, how are they getting it? So reparation, reparations is, you know, uh, an, an effort to get some of that hair education back to young, back to the community. I love that. I th- first of all, I think the name is so damn witty. So yes. <laughs> I, I love that. I think it's super dope. I'm definitely going to buy a ticket and yes. give it away to one of my listeners. And, Amazing. And hopefully, you know, whoever is sponsored with the other ticket is, you know, that they benefit from it. 
This was so dope. I'm so glad you had time to hop on. I appreciate you. Because y'all know she's famous now, y'all. So she ain't got time for little people. (laughs) I know. I had time. You know, when I do, I do like interviews and podcasts, it's always like I never know what I'm walking into because I don't know the person. You don't know if it's a safe space or not. But I've been waiting for this invitation because, you know, I love you. (laughs) I'm sorry that I was delayed. (laughs) I'm working on my time. Thank, Thank you so you much so for having much me. for coming on. And until next time, yes. y'all have a good one. <laughs>